Hello everyone, welcome to NBA Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by, as always, Perry Aston, and also a special guest today, Max Arizon. Guys, say hello. What's happening, fellas? Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 21. And before we get into today's podcast, we just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter, at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter, at CorbinMRPK. Perry on Twitter, at Perry Aston. And Max, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Party Max with an I. Okay, so remember to follow Party Max with an I as well. And also remember to subscribe to our podcast on the Apple iTunes podcast app. And you can also listen to us on SoundCloud. One more quick thing about Twitter, though. Remember to have our notifications on so that anytime there is breaking news, you guys will be the first ones to hear it. We're always trying to be the first ones out with anything going on around the NBA, news going on every single day. So. Yeah, and if you haven't already, jump on the Apple Podcast app for us and rate us a five-star if you feel you love us. If you want to be brutally honest, go for it. But if not, if you want to really give us a piece of your mind, give us a review. We'd really love to uh, feel the love, vice versa, whatever you guys want. But we definitely love hearing all of you guys' input, and I appreciate everyone that's done that in the past uh, week or two. I know we didn't have a podcast last week, Corbin, was interviewing for a uh, you know, n- new career choice for me. I actually accepted a position, so I wanted to give a quick shout-out to that before the podcast. <laughs> so congratulations you. to Corbin. Thank yeah, you. crazy. Great <laughs> for him. Uh, so, yeah, we took a week off. Uh, but uh, I don't think too much happened, actually, on our week off. Everything kind of started happening this week. So we're all good in you know, preparation for our guests, too. So thank you guys for uh, joining us. Let's jump right in. We're going to do a quick question Q&A with uh, Max so you guys can get to know our guest today, and uh, so let's get going. So uh, Corbin, you can start off with a question for him. Yeah, so really quickly, in case you guys may have heard, we said Max Arizon, and for those of you that are familiar with basketball history, Max's grandfather, Paul Paul Arizon, is a Hall of Famer, and we just wanted to start off, Max, with a quick question to you. Um, I mean... Your grandfather, we look at uh, the stats are there, almost 23 points per game, averaged almost nine rebounds per game, two and a half assists, won one championship in his career. But it almost seems like he's forgotten, one, just because he played so long ago. He started in the 1951 season, retired after the 62 season. Where do you think that your grandfather would be remembered in terms of the all-time greats if he were playing today? And how would he, or at least if he were playing within the last 10, 20 years, and how would he fit in today's NBA? Oh, he'd be fine in today's NBA. My grandfather was the jump shooter. He's the guy that invented the jump shot. And the game today is all jump shots. I mean, you love a guy who's a 6'4 guard who played forward, could play like a Tony Allen-style defense, shot the ball better than Steph, well, as good as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and just killed it back in the day. And this is back in the day when there was no three-point line. Hard fouls were the only real fouls, so all these slap-on-the-wrist fouls weren't getting called, and you basically had to get thrown to the floor to get to the free-throw line, and you were dealing with a lot. He would be fine. Right, and and he had a slasher and a, an outside shooter. And talk about a he tough, was, talk I, about a tough opinion, guy. He'd still, he'd still be fine. Max, talk about a tough guy. I see here he took two years off uh, after his first two years to go play, or to go for to the U.S. Marine Corps, so, and came back to continue to make All-Star games, so talk about a tough guy, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that, there's a little story behind that. Let's hear it. My grandfather got drafted into the Marine Corps in 52, and basically what he did instead, it's there's a choice. He was a basketball player, so he, he got drafted into Quantico and played for their basketball team around the country. No way. And the rule of thumb was, all right, so you win, you get the stay. You lose, you're going to Korea. <laughs> and let's just say he never lost. 
He made sure of that. Spent two years there and then came back to the Warriors after they got Tom Gola and Neil Johnson. And then went, wins his 56th championship against the uh, Fort Wayne Pistons back in the day. Wow. That's, that's an awesome story. And I know... Uh... He, I mean, his career is an all-star every single year of his career, 10 times. So just dominance from beginning to end, averaging 22.8 points per game and 8.6 rebounds. That's almost a double-double in its own. So, Oh, yeah, it was a double-double. And you, you also got to remember, like a lot of the other stats, like steals, um, blocks, like, uh, certain, like offensive and defensive rebounds, they weren't kept back then. Right. And he was, Not like I've seen, it's hard to find video of him back then, but I found some video. So I used to keep up his old Facebook page until I just got a job with the Warriors and or, and uh, St. Joe's and just didn't really have the time. And it's just you could see how good he was, and just see he always jumped up, always kicked his uh, kicked his legs up to get a little extra height to get over them, and would always do a driving jump shot. It was amazing. But it, I mean, I, I loved him. He instilled he instilled all the basketball knowledge I have right now. Took me to ga- all different kinds of games. Met a bunch of different people when I was younger. And surprisingly, looking back, I'm, I'm like, whoa! I actually met that guy. I, I grew up with the like collecting all of his cards and baseball cards stuff like that. And like, wait a minute, I know this guy. I know him too. And I'm just sort of freaking out. Getting as I get older, I'm like, wow! I met these guys when I was kids. I didn't even know who they were. It's so cool because you know, no matter how much you know about sports, it's really hard to know a lot about what happened before your time. And you, of yeah. course, you can research who won championships on specific years. But when it comes to just role players and you know little things that happened in seasons past, especially you know in the fifties and the sixties and seventies, everything like that, it's so hard for you to really know that because you weren't watching it unless you hear it from like your dad or your grandpa. And it's not even just that you had your grandpa who was part of it so you firsthand got to you know know basketball for the entire 1950s and you know fast forward now we're watching 2018 ball so it's pretty crazy there are certain nuances that you learn from the old time players like um, when i was working for the warriors last year and um you probably also heard this guy guy by the name of johnny west he's jerry west yeah he played over west virginia and one thing he always told me about when he was when he was growing up is he he picked up on the little nuances that his dad told him about. Like, uh, he would break, when he was younger in high school, living in Memphis, uh, when his uh, dad was, I guess, uh, what was it, a senior VP over at Memphis, he came to all the indoor meetings, sort of learned the nuances of the game, went to West Virginia, went to grad school there, and then got a job right out of there in um, Golden State working as a scout. But it's certain small things like that. And when you're learning, Jerry West is probably the second best general manager in the history of the game behind Red Arabac. But when you're learning from the, he might not be the best, but when you're learning from the second best, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and when you're looking at draft picks overall, Jerry West, he's the best. Let's be honest. He, he's the guy that discovered he, he, Kobe. He's the logo. He's the, <laughs> he's the logo. He discovered yeah. everybody. He's the guy that discovered uh, Patrick McCall last year, who's still doing pretty well, though he should be doing better. They should give him more minutes. I wanted them to get rid of Iguodala, let him go to uh, Houston and give... Um, just really quick, uh, just let's just tell our listeners what exactly you did for the Warriors. I know that was uh, you were working for them last season, so let's just just hear a little bit about that. The Warriors, I was one of these Sport View camera operators, which is basically a lot of data tracking. What we do is we track the ball movement, we track the player movement all throughout all throughout the game, like how fast they're running, direction they're running, speed they're running. It's basically the wear and tear of the player. So if a player is fried, like he's been just going back and forth, going back and forth, they're just worn out. We get, we take that inf- information, we give it to, put it in spreadsheets, and give it to Coach Kerr, and he assigns minutes accordingly. Uh, I would be on a computer from 
I guess, right before the game start till the game end, work on that. We'd go to the practice facility, put it into spreadsheets, and then give it to my boss. He would give it to Coach Kerr. But it's sort of a new age thing. Like, it's one of the beginning well, it's, of analytics. It's advanced analytics. Sorry, and that's advanced that, yeah, analytics. Right. And it just sort of tells you what to do and when to do it. Like, once I found out it was sort of the wear and tear of things, I thought it was pretty cool. And you know what's even crazier? I got a whole... I was playing 2K last year, and I got a whole five minutes. Five minutes of Doris Burke on 2K talking about what I did. Uh-huh. All the data tracking. I'm like, oh, shit, I do that! Like, yes! <laughs> and I was loving it. Oh, that's, so that's, that's how you really know you made it. When that's they great. mention you... Not, not actually mention you, but they mention your job on 2K. Doris Burke actually was just named one of the top 10 most influential women in sports. She was actually fourth, so congratulations to her That's also wrong. just That's hearing about question. that. Yeah, she's great. Um, but yeah, just wanted to, so what are you doing now? I know, let's just talk about that. I know you had spent one year with the Warriors, now you moved back east, and you are at yeah, St. Joe's right I spent right? this past season at St. Joe's University <clears> with um, Coach uh, Phil Martelli, who's been a close friend of mine since I was in high school. He got me my first job working at his uh, basketball camps when I was younger. Networked with a lot of different people at these camps. And just, he sort of kept going, having me come along, come along, come along. Sort of figure out, like, I would coach kids after, when I was 18, I would coach, uh, what was it, the younger grade school kids. Sort of get more of the nuances since my dad, or since my grandfather passed away, since he didn't teach me anything anymore. And then, from then on, I, there I worked as an uh, analytics associate, so I went through Synergy, which if our listeners know, is basically a video cutting software. So it basically cuts all of the video individually by different stats. Like it'll give you all the little clips of different of different rebounds from different players, like how they rebounded the ball, uh, how they shot the ball, how they shot the ball with uh, defense on them, without defense on them, like what, what corners they shot in, like if it was a two-point shot, three-point shot, if it was a free throw, different stuff like that. And I honestly loved it because I hadn't really known that much from Synergy because uh, most of the time when I was working for Arizona State's basketball team as a manager, it was mostly <coughs> cleaning up sweat and uh, just getting up early every morning and rebounding for the players. And for, you, was for, a- for all you guys, obviously, who don't know, me and Max went to Arizona State together. Uh, he was working as a ma- manager for their basketball team. We used to He used to come out with me all the time while I'm performing and DJing and doing all that stuff. So one of them... Great friend of mine and someone we stayed in contact with. I know he took that job with the Warriors. I thought it was so cool when I started doing my podcast. So it was just Scottsdale Nights, kid. Yeah, exactly. Scottsdale Nights. Yeah, I used to run party buses and stuff. If you ever in the Arizona <laughs> area, you uh, you call me. I'll hook you up with my boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Max knows what's up. <laughs> you're the old, you're the little eighteen year old superstar. Theta yeah, guy. <laughs> exactly. There you go, guys. You heard it, you heard it from Max, not me. But uh, so let's uh, so pretty much just wanted to hear and just got our Q and A out of the way. Let's just jump right into basketball. Let's jump right into some topics. Uh, thank you so much, right. Max, again for joining us today. Oh, man, looking yeah. forward to this. So just I got some... way too much free time on my hands. <laughs> the season's over. Yeah, and he's in the East Coast, so of course he's dealing with all the crappy snow right now. He said you've had terrible snow this winter. Well, I, I can't. Uh, I can't relate, man. I'm uh, chilling in LA with yeah. with Corbin. Weather's feet perfect up. over here. Yeah, feet up. <laughs> but uh, let's let's uh, get off. We're gonna start the the you know topics off with something. Just a quick announcement. Nothing. To, it's of course so hard to start off podcasts like this, but just announcements we had to cover. Uh, Zeke Upshaw. He was playing for the NBA G League's Grand Rapids. He collapsed uh, on Saturday while playing at a game. 
he died and uh, just an awful awful news to hear just, just so it's just our thoughts and prayers from the Unwrap family first, from family. yeah from everyone here thoughts and prayers to his family and another brief mention of the passing of Pelican's owner Tom Benson died at the age of 90 he was the he owner was of the he was the owner of the Saints and the Pelicans just one of New Orleans most influential people um apparently one of the most loved people around there and he passed at 90 so wanted to give our thoughts and condolences to his family as well just terrible news to start off with we'll yeah. just kind of get I, that out i of believe way. tom benson i think his wife took over ownership right? yeah, that's his, what happened yeah his wife did. took over and they're st- both teams are staying in new orleans that's yeah. not even a question yeah no that's the family's loved in new orleans i know that so let's move on to uh, our first topic besides that something i saw actually today i was reposting it this was just a couple hours ago actually Something I just added onto this, Darius Baisley. You guys might not have heard of him yet. He's a 17-year-old All-American, um, McDonald's All-American, projected. What's up? Pro- was that was that the guy I just saw on the tweet? Yes. No, our yes. Purpose, yeah, the kid who's going to uh, the, straight to the G League. Yes, exactly. Going straight to yeah. the G League. So I, ju- I just put this up. So yeah, he was actually committed to go to Syracuse. He's a projected top 10 pick in 2019. Of course, it's a little early to project, but when you're coming out of high school, All-American, you know, you really can't go much higher than this. So he's definitely one of the most talented players coming out of high school. He's going to Syracuse, just decommitted from Syracuse to turn pro and go straight to the G League, something that's never been done before. Something that I, I saw this tweet, I loved it. We've actually had a debate with a couple of our fans Mike, Wall, a couple of these other guys that tagged me and Corbin in some of these tweets a while ago when we were talking about the best options for kids to coming out of high school if they wanted to go international. Go, even This is, of course, when LeVar Ball was talking about adding his league in the mix. The G League, which is now the G League. It was the D League before the G League, now sponsored by Gatorade, which makes it even more of a recognizable name. It's really becoming a serious option. So he's showing his exact quote in, uh, there was more, you know, that I read in this article, but it said, someone has to start the fire. And I believe that I'm, you know, I believe that I'm going to do that. It's something that I love. It, they make roughly about, I believe it was 19000 to $21,000 for a salary in the G League. I believe it was that. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's up, two-way player is like 85000 Yeah, but this is just strictly G League. So not, this is something that's never been done before. So I, this is, I think it was, it was very low, but he was saying something. This is a 17-year-old coming out of high school. We got to yeah, get real. So he's You got to also remember the room and board they include too, as well as health insurance. Right, exactly. But he was pretty much saying, you know, here, here's uh, more quotes I just pulled up. Part of me was thinking this decision through. I looked at guys coming out of the G League. I, I made sure that I knew what I was getting myself into. There's been a lot of successful guys that have been brought up in the G League. I'm confident that I'll be one of them. And he said it doesn't matter. Pretty much you don't have to worry about going to class. You don't have to get – and don't get me wrong. Education is important. I'll still be taking classes at my own pace. But I'll be around NBA games, focus on my body, focus on my development 24-7 and without worrying about anything else. This is strictly basketball and that's what I want. I respect that so hard. He's Even though the salary is not going to be there that much, you realize this guy's not going to have to worry about it past this year. You don't, He's going to be fine figuring this out. These college guys, of course, with everything going on in the NCAA right now, talking about get, letting these players get endorsement deals, whatever it may be, with putting money in these players' pockets. As of right now, when you're playing in college, yes, you get a free education, but no, you're not getting money. So 
it's became a problem that's become very prevalent nowadays but still this is such a cool thing because he's saying part of the decision that he made was because this hasn't been done before and he wants to be a trailblazer quote unquote and i really like that because he says i'm an outspoken person and this is something where you know it's this is just reality right now and i if i, I want people to look back and say listen he was able to do it so why can't i and i love his mentality for that it's very big and very professional speaking coming from a 17 year old coming straight out of high school uh max let's start with you i want to hear your thoughts on him going straight to the g league well i I think I knew this was going to happen eventually. It's going to set up what the NBA is going to do for the rest of the time. Like uh, from what I've heard, they're going to do an zero and two rule in with college. You go into college, you're there for at least two years, like you are in baseball, and then you come out. But you can come straight out of high school as well. But in most times, you're probably going to start out in the G League because people go back and forth. Unless you're a top five pick, unless you're a guy like Zion Williamson, a guy like um, what was it DeAndre Anton. Or a guy like Bagley, yeah. or a guy like uh, who's Michael? Was it Michael Porter who plays for Missouri? Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. Unless you're one of those guys, odds are you're going to spend some time in the G League because you're not going to get those kinds of minutes you thought you would get straight out of straight out of high school. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a phenom, you're not getting those minutes as a 19 year old. Well, so let's like you look at Lonzo Ball. Yeah, his dad made him that phenom, and his, he also literally put UCLA back on the map in a matter of minutes right right which i thought was pretty impressive let's just talk a little bit about that proposed rule because i've heard it as well the zero and two rule couldn't it i mean i'm all for players being able to come straight out of high school for the most part players if they're coming straight out of high school by the time the nba season starts they're 18 once you're 18 you should be able to go pro if you want to but the zero and two rule don't you think because every year there are some players d'angelo russell is someone who comes to mind who Coming into college, I think he was ranked like 30th or 35th best recruit. So, yeah, he wasn't going to be someone who would have been even probably a first-round pick if he came straight out of high school. But as it with just about anything with recruiting, there's flaws. People go through the system not ranked as highly as they should. And D'Angelo Russell, after his freshman year, he was worthy of that number two overall pick. So what do you think about forcing players if they go to college making them wait two years. Do you think that's smart, or should they be able to go after one year? It's smart because it's just like, it's a maturity level. I mean, Perry, when we were in college, were you as mature when you were a freshman versus when you turned 21? Yeah, no. I mean, let's be honest. Look what happened on Snapchat during Russell's uh, rookie year. Look what happened. (laughs) Ruined a relationship. No more uh, Swaggy P, Iggy Azalea marriage. Boom, gone. I guarantee you, if he was at least 21, he'd be like, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. But it's just like, you got to remember, these guys, and Colin Cowherd says this the, says this the best, these guys are goose eggs coming out of college as one and dunce. You, you have an unfinished product, and you have to take a couple years to develop it. And you don't know where it goes. Go way up or way down. I mean, let's think uh, a couple years ago, um, the 13 draft. I mean, Anthony Bennett going in. He was pretty solid. There was no surefire pick, number one pick. We looked at uh, Cleveland, and you say, all right, it was a solid pick. There really was no consensus. Like some people said it was Nerlens Noel, and then he uh, tore his ACL. Some people said it was Shabazz Muhammad, but he sort of he had that issue when he was at UCLA. Right. I mean, nobody saw the Greek freak coming, let's be honest. Right. He was just this 19-year-old project from Greek. Skinny. Or Greece, he was skinny. Me. He was skinny. And he was filled just, out. Like, and nobody saw Rudy Gobert coming either. He was a big big guy from France with no offensive game. 
and then you finally develop. True. These guys are goose eggs, and at the end of the day, the NBA is a product. You want a finish. You want a to put a good product on the floor in order to attract the fans. And what I, I, I mean, like, you, what, what I like about the G League right here too is you're saying NBA is a product. You know, this is a sub product of the NBA. Then it's very, very. You have all NBA eyes looking at this particular league. You have previous NBA coaches. You have coaches that are starting out there and trying to make their career and get into the NBA. You have of training staffs all of this that you know it's the same kind of idea and you can't duplicate that in college it's just a different world and you can't duplicate that internationally that's just a different world and i'm not saying those worlds are wrong because you definitely could have extremely high level staff high level coaches and everything like that at all places but we're talking strictly similarities to nba oh in all fairness to the european leagues tier one euro league is better than the D-League. Well, they're, they're, they're grown men. It's a difference. Yes, that's the point. You're yeah. playing against grown men. It's, and, I mean, in all honesty, if you're going to choose between going to the G-League or going to uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid, you choose Real Madrid or Barcelona over the G-League 10 times out of 10. Because you're going to get a whole lot better training overseas with them. Than but then again, that's ever. that's then because now this is the first time this has been done. So just like we said, him being a trailblazer, maybe you know people are going to see, listen, I don't want to uproot my life and go to Spain. I don't want to uproot my life and go to Australia like Terrence Ferguson or anything like that. Maybe this is an option to stay in the States, not go with some crazy out there, you know, hopefully this works out because I'm I'm not saying that you have to because, I don't know, internationally you have to be someone special to make a name for yourself. And I'm not saying that that's not the case elsewhere. But at the G League, you can go there and know that you're going to be around guys that will help you develop more. And I feel like it's not going to be as right. intense right away kind of thing. They're going to – you don't oh, need yeah, to yeah, see yeah, minutes right, right away. Right, yeah. right. And you still it's get just, to make money has... while you play basketball. As a 17-year-old just turning 18, even a $20,000 salary a year is – Sufficient to keep food on yeah, the, in the stomach. Yeah. yeah, like you'll be fine. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a better co- uh, competitor to the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we have there are only was it 460 open roster spots in the NBA, and there are what over a, I want to say over a hundred million guys trying to make it in the NBA. So it's extremely exclusive out of all four, all the, I want to say three major sports leagues. I don't really count hockey, but. Uh, where was I? You want to just you want to get the best competition out of it as possible, and until until the G League actually becomes that best competition, your best option is to go to college or go overseas or something like that. Thank God this guy's gonna be a trailblazer. Maybe a bunch of guys will follow suit too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I agree with you, Max. What you were saying about how between the G League and between going overseas into Europe somewhere, you're definitely going to get better training in Europe, and it's going to develop you into a better player. But on the flip side, you get less exposure because you are on teams with a lot better talent. We see that all the time with um, just different players coming in out of Europe when they're 18. I mean, um, who was Dragon Bender with the Suns? Um, He got, I don't know how many minutes it was per game. Mario Hazonia, who was, what was he, the fourth or fifth pick in his draft class? and now Yeah, fifth pick. And now, I mean, he's not even getting his player option picked up for next year, but it's that mystique of not knowing what you have just because there's so few minutes available to them. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a gamble either way. It's a gamble when you go to college. Yeah, it really it's a gamble when you go to G League. I mean, I remember go going overseas. into the 15th draft being a Knicks fan, and 
everybody was freaking out about Porzingis, and I'm like, I saw one of his interviews, and he tells me, he tells everybody, it's like, yeah, money's not important, it's about, it's all about winning, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's gonna be good, and all my buddies are complaining about him, and it's ridiculous, I'm like, you know what, just wait and watch, <laughs> but it's, when you're getting European players, it's more about what they say than how they play, Yeah, because if they're committed, they'll get it done, I mean, yeah. it's more, it's, what is it, it's 90% mental, 10% physical, so... I mean, it's all it's all about attitude. I know Jay Wright preaches that a lot over at Villanova, and it really is true. You're not when you're trying to construct a perfect championship team, one that wins title after title after title. You want you don't want the best players. You want the right ones because the right ones will get you every single time. I like that. And when you say Villanova, that's a team that's just like that. Of course, Villanova oh, yeah. and Zaga, I these mean, kind of teams. Yeah. He, he gets his he gets his guys, and that's it. You won't see him pick up like a guy like Marvin Bagley, a guy like Zion Williamson, or stuff like that. He'll just get his guys. So spe- <laughs> speaking of uh, you know recruiting college, everything along these lines, let's just talk a little March Madness. Everything going on right now, of course, some yeah, players. Yeah, some players that have declared <laughs> for the NBA draft so far, some major names at the very least. But yeah, March Madness, like you said, everyone's brackets busted. Who had oh, yeah. who had Loyola Chicago? I still have Nova. I'm good. Hey, honestly, I still had Nova too, but that doesn't change the fact that the rest of it for me is completely oh, falling apart. You I had, were I had them going against Arizona, and I'm like, God damn it, Anton, why'd you screw me on that? One? I had I had Arizona winning it all, so mine's even worse than yours. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Corbin's got Anton ruined. Anton is a beast. Max, how is your bracket right now? Is it alive? Right now, Villanova is no. the only one that's still there. Okay, cool. That's it. Yeah, we're all. I think we're all in the same boat. I think this is the first year that nobody can look at each other and say, you know, I totally knew Loyola Chicago was going to win this whole thing. And uh, oh, and it's just, the one thing I love about the NCAA that they don't have in the NBA is it's got that like that um, that every given Sunday feel. Anything can happen. Like look what happened for, with Virginia and the Retrievers. First time a 16 seed upsets a uh, number one seed. That's not crazy. Any, not any number one seed, the number one overall yeah. seed. Now, yeah. that's impressive. That's an any given Sunday moment right there. And you see what happened with that. What happened with that game, too? Like that. Max, what was so interesting about that game when I was watching, because I was trying to figure out what happened with Virginia, why they lost that game, and, you know, why this was the case, just like you said, they were the best team overall. Their whole entire de- uh, mindset on that team is defense, and they run a very interesting defense. It's almost a box one in a sense where you stack four guys and you have one guy pretty much floating up against the ball or their best player, depending on the matchup. What ha- what happens is they're playing the percentages, saying we'd rather you take 103-point shots this game rather than getting one layup because you know we're going to make you make those shots, but we're not going to give you anything easy. And that's why they've been so successful, and it's such a simple but yet not used tactic what they started doing was they started chucking the ball up, right? They were making these threes. Then Virginia kind of started freaking out, went, started kind of abandoning their plan, started, you know, trying to close out, doing these long runouts, trying to, you know, stop the three-point shot, and then they were starting to attack on the inside. So it just seemed like this team, and to be honest, it's so crazy how, you know, that team didn't make it much further but you know, it well, was also that though, game. They had a perfect game plan. Also, though, with Virginia, they're not a team that's built to come back from being behind. Not they're a team all. that they play at one of the slowest paces in the CAA. It's been that way for a while with them. That's just the system that they dominate with defense. Coach Bennett that's just uses. how it works. Yeah. yeah, and so when UMBC started to put pressure on them and started hitting their outside shots, they've never been in that position. At least not this year. They've lost two games all year. How many games have they been down by double digits? I'm sure, if any, it's probably one or two. 
So just yeah, I it God, was I totally a, it agree. was it was essentially like a perfect storm in a sense with UMBC and Virginia. Yeah, it was perfect. But let's talk about um, the Cinderella team this year. I want to hear your thoughts if you know much about Loyola Chicago. I don't blame you if you don't. But... I mean, I, I really haven't. I I mean, ever since the season ended at St. Joe's, I've been focusing on um, just getting my shit ready for uh, for open season, the off season, the NBA, and applying to more jobs over there. I mean, I've been focusing on Villanova because like. They've always been my team, and well, one of my options is to go become a grad assistant with them. And I just I haven't really had the chance to watch them. I've been following Villanova. I've watched some of the first round games. I saw some of them. They looked somewhat impressive, but they don't strike me as like that kind of uh, Cinderella Butler team that we saw in '09 or no, uh, '10 and '11. That that team was very well coached. That Butler oh, team. Oh yeah, that, yeah, Brad Stevens. He's one hell of a coach. Yeah, it's that's one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. Some we talked about in previous podcasts. But yeah, March Madness, just such a fun time, and right now we have some major players announcing for the NBA draft. A few of them, you know, Miles Bridges, Marvin Bagley, um, Aiden, uh, Trey Young from Oklahoma. So a lot, a lot Which of these. None, none of those were surprises. Though, no, yeah, of course. Fully. I mean, if you, if you, not, not surprises, but Trey Young should have stayed. Yeah, I mean, he, ooh, you think I he should have so stayed? Games of him just turning it over like seven or eight times, and like. You know that shit's not going to fly in the NBA. But do you think that his draft stock, if he came back, don't you think he'd be exposed even more and that might make him fall more? Or do you think he'd be able you to got, fix I that mean, stuff? He, you say exposed, but I mean, these that, guys aren't exposed. It's like, all right, these are my flaws. Let's work on the flaws. I mean, it's a chance for him to grow. His, right? his shot all, is something special. Score. That's you got, great. You have, to, you have to admit his shot is something special. Oh, yeah, his shot is. I'm not denying that, but... In the modern NBA, you got to do a lot more than just score. Right. I mean, this isn't the '90s, the golden era, where what it's about like Steph you drop thirty points a game, you're basically a god. What about Steph Curry? You know, from someone that covered the Warriors, well, someone that relied, someone I'm just saying that Curry's so, someone that came like, into this league with just a shot was pretty much how it looked and how he's no, been he able to evolve. Like eight assists per game, right? Like, I'm saying how he's been able to evolve. Trey Young does average upwards of those numbers too but that could just be on being on a poor oklahoma team and well, somebody has to fill up the stats and you also got to take into consideration the um the, comp- the level of competition i mean this is the big 12 who who's in honestly who's in the big 12 right now the big 12 hasn't been good for a couple of years i mean he's the best I mean, star to come out of oklahoma since blake griffin yeah like no it's been yeah. marcus smart only stars um, oklahoma. marcus smart and blake uh, griffin. griffin that's it <laughs> i mean is uh, texas in the big 12 yeah, yeah, and then Kansas too. Yeah, so yeah. you always got Kansas. Kansas. No, no, Kansas in the are they they're, in the SEC no, or ACC? No, they're Big Twelve, and they got West. I believe West Virginia's Big Twelve too now in basketball. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they check Kansas because I could have sworn they were SEC. No, Kansas is Big Twelve. They've won the Big Twelve the last like thirteen years in a row, or at least shared a part in the uh, regular season title. Yeah, uh, I'm looking it up. Yeah. Kansas has won 14 straight yeah. Big 12 championships. So, yeah, Corbin's right on the phone. Oh, I thought that. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, well, I guess the competition really is just Kansas and, uh, like, the good big recruitment scores are Kansas and Texas. Texas isn't doing anything, so it's just Kansas. I mean, Oklahoma slipped into the tournament. They got exposed right away. And they Oklahoma got, State yeah. should have been in the tournament they over got Oklahoma. Ki- they got kicked out right away out of that tournament, and it's not like he put up a special game or anything like that. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with him. But, yeah, definitely – 
crazy stuff going on right now. Talking about crazy, let's move on to Leangelo Ball. We were just talking. Oh, inter- we were just. Not <laughs> not oh, even, oh god. Oh god. Right. Yeah. Bullshit exhibition game. Not getting drafted. Let's let's. So yeah, he declared to the draft before that game. Actually, he decided, which is crazy because you know going to Lithuania. Well, let's talk about the game too. So he announced that he was going to be going into the NBA draft, which I agree, huge mistake for him. I mean, it's just nothing's nothing's going to happen out of it, and I'm sure you guys can agree too. He won't get drafted. There's yeah. no way. And, I mean, on top of that, having to deal with his father, too. But, yeah, he but, dropped 72, yeah, 72 points. 72 points after announcing that he'd go into the NBA draft. It was a big baller challenge game, so that's against... Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, low competition. Yeah, Max, let's just hear your thoughts. I know that you were vocal on the Twitter, actually. You you uh, already tweeted at us when we tweeted this out. So let's hear your thoughts. He did drop 72 points, but it was a big baller challenge game coached it by LeVar. Count. It's basically like um, back in the day... I want to say it was 1948. My grandfather dropped 115 points against the junior college. Doesn't count, though. I mean, it's like me playing um, one-on-one against uh, let's a kid who's uh, against a, th- or a fifth grader. Like, I, don't care, I don't care who you are. You're dropping 72 against fifth graders? Like, come on. Seriously? Like, why are we even talking about this? Like, yeah, he's got, they got a great reality show. That's what are, you want to know why we're talking about like, this? Want to know why? Well, this is why we're talking about it, Max. It's because LeVar Ball is a marketing mastermind. Regardless if you love him or hate him, we're talking about it, and he's a marketing mastermind. That's why we're talking. <laughs> that is but, true. I, I will give him that. But yeah, Corbin, I mean, I, Corbin, I know you were look saying. Don, look what happened to Don King. <laughs> Push comes to show him. Crashed and burned. <laughs> Corbin, I know you were saying no way he's going to be drafted. Let's hear your thoughts on it really quick. Well, I mean, I don't know tons about Leandro Ball's game. I know he was a three-star coming in to UCLA out of high school. I know that at UCLA, he wasn't even going to be a starter on a team that barely squeaked into the tournament, and some people think shouldn't have even been in the tournament. On top of that, you have character concerns with him. Just Even just going off of what happened with the when they went to China before, the reason why he never played one game with I mean, UCLA. He, yeah, he got because, caught shoplifting yeah. and then had to dip to He got Lithuania. caught shoplifting when, the thing that's even more concerning though is that he could have just asked Lonzo Ball, his brother, for whatever he needed. It seems like Lonzo Ball just gives his dad and his brothers whatever they I'm want. Sure so Lonzo he, was in China with him too, so it wasn't If he like, wants something yeah. from Louis Vuitton, Wait, Lonzo? I don't no, think Lonzo, Lonzo wasn't. I, was I think they were all there was, for the. No, the it was the big the baller Lakers, brand the China. Lakers regular season had already started. Oh, Lonzo I thought because they were doing a big baller China complete. I remember unveil. that whole incident. Yeah. Alonzo was already with the Lakers. It was him and uh, Mello. My, my, my mistake, but still, yeah. like, I know it was him and a few other teammates, and it was from three different places, too. So he was just going around stealing stuff. He pretty much got, you know, he got kicked off UCLA and then just left to Lithuania just, and brought his little brother like, with him. So it wasn't really if, like... If someone if like, someone thinks that he's going to be drafted, there's 60 picks in an NBA draft. What is what does he have going right for him? There's all this stuff going wrong for him. Name me one reason why you would draft him. Because he dropped 72 points in the big baller exhibition game. There's nothing that's going right for Yeah, him. honestly, I mean, it's, I could see I mean, him going undrafted and maybe signing somewhere just to sign Leangelo Ball and try him out kind of thing. But there's, just like you said, there's nothing that's going to make him a top 60 player in this draft. I could see maybe Summer League just for publicity's sake. It's going to be all publicity. You know that for a fact. Someone's going to yeah. need the publicity and take a chance on him, and it's not going to work out for him, and that's going to be it. It's like, it's like, it's the same idea when 
when uh, Lamelo or when Melo gets old enough to get drafted. Do you really want to deal with the father? I mean, it, it's going to be if the kid's worth it. It's going to say if the kid's worth it. Like I would say, Lonzo Ball's worth dealing with his father, but Leangelo and Lamelo Ball, I don't see them. That's as, it. Lamelo's a little bit it. too early. Just. It is too Lamello, early to, to me. To me, Lamelo seems like maybe the most immature of the three Ball brothers, which is oh, yeah, concerning when, <laughs> yeah, which is concerning when Leangelo's the one stealing stuff from China. But Lamelo was ranked. What was he? I think he's number eight in his class or something. He's pretty high for his. He's ten, recruit, I believe. Not, no, 10? no, no, no. It's nineteen. Oh, okay. Or, he okay. was eight, so he's been dropping a little bit. He's been dropping a little bit, but still, I mean, that's someone who. Look, if he's good enough to be on an NBA roster, maybe if he's a fringe player, you don't take a chance on him just because of LeVar. But if he's good enough to be on a roster, someone's going to draft him. It's totally. just with LiAngelo yeah, being a three-star. It's just like, that's the thing. It's um, One thing that really sucks about him going to Lithuania is he's cut off from like all, all social aspects of right. high school. That can really uh, just help on your emotional growth. Because when you're... When you're going into the NBA, you're dealing with people that you really haven't dealt with. You're dealing with adults, and that can be scary at times. Like I remember when I first graduated from college, I didn't know how to deal with a bunch of adults because I was, and I started freaking out because you deal with a bunch of college kids for five years, and then you just go into the real world. It's like holy shit! It's just like a, it's like hits you like a ton of bricks, and some people crack under the pressure, and some some people don't. But I mean, we don't know what to expect. It's be- it would have been better if he stayed in high school, gone to UCLA for a year, and then got drafted versus going to Lithuania because uh, LeVar didn't like his coach. Yeah, it, it, I remember it, it, at the beginning of the season, they talk shit about it. It's like, oh, uh, 30 for 30, from worst to first, or from first to worst. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure his team, Chino Hills, just won yeah, they uh, still state won championship. They did. With or without him, so no, clearly. Yeah, I so said with or without him, clearly he wasn't needed. Yeah, so let's, let's talk, uh, move on to the next category Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs and let's talk about this is the first time in really any of our lifetime that it's I think it's time to freak out first time since Popovich came there where there's potentially real turmoil yeah there was stuff with with LaMarcus Aldridge but yeah but let's get it straight right now right now let's let's get there are the sixth seed in the west uh they're at 43 and 32 as of every, what everyone knows right now, the three seed and the eight seed are separated by four games. It's probably the tightest the seeding has been, you know, since I can remember. But just like I, I remember, it was a week ago, and next thing I know, I I look on Twitter and the Spurs are the nine seed, and I was like, whoa! If the season ended today, regardless of how tight this race is, they got the short end of the stick. Imagine a Popovich. Pop, sorry, oh my God, Popovich coached Spurs not making the playoffs. I'm just imagining that. But but I'm just saying, it's the fact that you know I saw them at the nine seed. I was like, wow, that's such a crazy thing to see. They're at, currently at the six. They're one loss away from being tied with the Jazz, you know, for the eight seed. So this is and Kawhi Leonard right now he's still not playing. So yeah, so that's that's more reason to be concerned is Kawhi Leonard and what's going on with the players seemingly not on his side with anything and thinking that he's healthy enough to come they had, back. They had an all-players meeting, players only, and they were trying to convince Kawhi to play. What we saw and what we reported on Twitter is that he insists, quote-unquote, that he has a good reason to sit. I'm not sure if that... I know that he was frustrated. We talked about this in a couple podcasts ago where it was, he was frustrated with his rehab, with how they've approached it, how they've approached him. 
pretty much on all ends, and we were talking about how that could be forcing him out at some point because he's clearly not happy. And now there was an emo and was quote emotional players only meeting to try and convince yeah, Kawhi to play. And there was a quote after that meeting from Tony Parker where he said to I don't remember who the reporter was, but something about how Tony Parker who ruptured his quad in the playoffs last year he said that Tony Parker his injury was a hundred times or a million times whatever he said a hundred times worse than Kawhi Leonard's injury and yet he's back playing so I mean what do you think what do you think about the Spurs future Kawhi Leonard's future at the very least if you don't think the Spurs are in trouble what do you think about Kawhi's future so let's Kawhi's just not going anywhere. let's just establish that where's he going to drive his 97 Tahoe to LA <laughs> <laughs> he's not going anywhere I mean, San Antonio is perfect. Yeah, you got to remember, like what, like um, beginning of last offseason, Lamarcus Aldridge requested a trade. He wanted out of San Antonio. He wanted to go elsewhere. Popovich takes him to dinner, sits him down, talks him through everything. At the end of that dinner, he's like, "You know what? I'm a spur for life." It's like Popovich is one of those guys who knows how to handle people. But it's gotten right, it's gotten so, to this point though. So clearly there's a disconnect and it's not like they're not in each other's lives day in and day out. Well, yeah. It's, it's it's just this might be far past Popovich. It's not it's yeah. not at a tipping point yet just because he does have another year before he could opt out. So there's still time just like with LaMarcus Aldridge when there was a year two years left on his contract. Yeah, he wanted out and then once it got closer, Popovich and the rest of the front office was able to work their magic and allow him to stay the one thing that is interesting though at least for me with Kawhi Leonard is that there was a report recently that the I believe it was Jordan Brand had offered to re-sign him to a new extension with his shoe deal and they lowballed him with I forgot what the exact numbers were but it was low in terms of salary per year it was also he wasn't going to be getting his signature shoe and I was just curious and Perry and I talked about it a little bit I want to get your opinion on this Max do you think that that was a wake-up call to Kawhi at all, that he needs to either be a little bit more marketable just because he is such a shy person? or Because you think of someone, Kawhi Leonard's stature and ability, if he was playing with the Lakers or with the Bulls or with the Knicks, he definitely has a signature shoe by now, right? Oh, yeah, without question, but that's not his style. Like He's a shy person, that's great, and that's who he wants to be. But at the end of the day, nobody cares about all that. Money comes and goes. Banners last forever. I mean, he's already got two championship appearances under his belt, one uh, championship MVP. He wants to be in a place where he's going to win. He's not, I hate to break it to you guys, and I know you guys, I know Perry loves the Lakers, but LA still weighs off from oh, definitely. Uh, being a true championship. De- definitely. They've got the pieces, but they got to develop. And the Clippers are moving to Seattle, so I mean, that's not <laughs> Yeah, I mean. You think they're moving to Seattle? Uh, yeah, I talk, when I was talking to guys last year, like as soon as Seattle gets approval, they did. Boom, they did. They, they did get stadium approval. Get approval this year. It's happening. They did and get stadium that. approval this year for a, a big project. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. They got approval for renovations on Key Arena, and um, uh, Bomber says he's looking for a new stadium in Inglewood once the lease with the Staples Center is up. And he specifically said he wants the taxpayers to pay for it. I'm pretty sure. And you know that isn't happening. So he's going to say, "All right, we're going to move somewhere." And where did Bomber make his money? Seattle. I had no idea. I mean, Steve Ballmer's got tons of it, and he's got a big personality, he, too. He's so. like one of the co-founders of Microsoft with Bill Gates. Yeah. 
Definitely. All this money's in Seattle, and it's like, all right. I mean, you've seen Seattle. You know, I mean, you know from living in Arizona how big and wild Seattle fans get uh, from all those times with this, when uh, the Seahawks were in town for Super right. Bowl Forty Nine. Totally. Like at least two thirds of everybody of people at ASU were Seattle fans, and they got wild. They loved their seat. Seahawks. I mean, some people were even wearing Sounders jerseys for the MLS. I'm like, who the hell watches that? Well, apparently they do. And you yeah. can't imagine. And now they're getting. They got rid of Chris Paul. They got rid of Blake Griffin. They're not bringing back DeAndre Jordan. They're basically shedding cap right before they move, which is similar to what the uh, what the <coughs> Sonics did before they moved to Oklahoma City. Yeah, and then they built, and then they built through the draft, and they actually got yeah. probably the luckiest team in the past 20, 30 years, landing <laughs> oh, yeah. you know Durant, Westbrook, and Harden, and oh, yeah. getting oh, yeah. rid of two of them, of course. But let's move on to another team uh, that is actually in a good position right now to make the playoffs, regardless of some breaking news that we saw right before this pod. The 76ers, an East Coast team where you're at right now, uh, okay. Joel, Joel Embiid actually. What's the exact surgery he's getting? It's, it's a, a orbital fracture. Orbital fracture. Face or yeah, facial yeah, orbital fracture. Facial so orbital fracture. He's he's going to be out for. It's reported between two to four weeks. And if you go by that time frame, if he is out for closer to four weeks, that puts the first round of the playoffs in jeopardy. The Sixers recently just clinched a playoff spot for the first time in five years. They're currently the four seed in the East, which means that if the playoffs were to end today, they'd be playing the fifth seed Indiana Pacers. The Washington Wizards are the sixth seed. The Sixers have been kind of, they're a half game behind the Cavs right now, so they could jump up to the three seed. I want to talk briefly about, and Max, we'll start with you. If Joel Embiid is not able to play in the first round, do you think the Sixers could still win a playoff series against the Pacers or the Wizards? Oh, yeah, without question. Both, both of the, the Wizards, The Wizards don't really... <coughs> aside from Bradley Beal and uh, John Wall, the, the Wizards really don't have anything. And John Wall is coming back from an injury. you got to remember, they're both very small guards. And the modern NBA is not a fan of small guards. Like they, John Wall and Bradley Beal remind me of uh, what Monta Ellis and Steph Curry were with the yeah, old Warriors. It's a very good they comparison. They were great volume scorers, but they never got it done. The they have no the Wizards have no presence in the paint. They have a Marcin Gortat, who's basically a defensive uh, defensive player. Uh, who they have, they have Markeith Morris on on the wing. They have no real weapons down low. Like you got to remember when the uh, Warriors first got big, it used to be just the Splash Brothers. They would get to the second round and then fizzle out. It wasn't until Draymond really came along in fourteen uh, fifteen with Coach Kerr that they really got things going. You need. A, like you really do need a big three, but you need to form it on your own, right? No, now they only have a dynamic duo of the backcourt, which isn't going to really do them that much when they're doing all the scoring. They need to spread the ball out and spread out the scoring. Now, talking about you know the guards, you're saying small guards. Let's talk about Ben Simmons for a quick second, a big oh, point yeah. guard, someone that's having a great month, a, a great year, completely. But he is leading the entire league with 10.6 <laughs> assists per game in the month of March. So I wanted to bring up that quick statistic. He's been the reason why this team has been doing so well with, of course, Joel Embiid. But he's been such a pleasant surprise. Um, it's not even really a surprise, but such just the way that he's developed, really. I expected it to take another year before he got to this level. I know I'm very vocal on how I don't believe he's even really a rookie, considering that he spent an entire year around an NBA coaching staff. Let me ask you a quick so question. Just while, 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 we bring, while we bring that up, just I wanted to get your opinion. If, uh, if you are in the league, even if it's an injury, and you sit out for an entire year, do you believe they should still be eligible for Rookie of the Year the next oh, year? Oh, yeah. 
question. Okay, cool. Without just, question. That's, that's a debate. Great- it's a debate that we had uh, probably about a couple months ago, and it's something that we did a poll about. So just wanted to hear what your quick opinion was. But yeah, Ben Simmons, I don't think you it can really be debated that he solidified his Rookie of the Year campaign. Uh, of course, yeah, you know, le- leading the league with... Leading the league with 10.6 assists in the in the you know the month of March, it's probably been his best month. And even though Donovan Mitchell's scoring out of his mind, when you're looking at overall statistics across the entire box sheet, yeah, you know Ben Simmons is filling every. You also out. look at how Philadelphia has been playing. So their last 10 games, they're nine and one. They've made this big push. They were down, hovering around the eight seed for a while, and just recently, as Simmons' play has become even better than it was earlier in the year, uh, they've really started to take off. They also got. Markel Fultz back, who, look, he didn't look like the Markel Fultz from when he was playing in Washington last year, but he had a good he had a good uh, debut or back from his however many 60-something games back, and uh, his last game, when was it? He played two games back-to-back, but both games, he looked, he looked good, like someone who could contribute off the bench this year and still has a lot of promise going forward. But It's good um, to see him back. And Markel Fultz, you know, playing the way that he, you know, I'm really glad to see him back because it adds an extra player to that team when going in. I know he's, you said he's not seasoned uh, Max earlier before we started this pod. I know he's not, but still he came out looking pretty nice. He's shy. He can actually shoot a ball, which is something that Corbett and I were actually concerned about seeing a couple this videos. It was such from a him. weird story. It was so weird. So seeing that he's actually back playing well, I know, uh, are you a big fan of him, Max, or no? Mark Fultz, I am not a big fan of his. I just want to say that outright because I just, I like, in all honesty, when I'm looking for the first pick, I'm looking for guys who know how to win, play and know how to win. Mark Fultz knows how to play. He does not know how to win. Because winning is a mindset. I mean, I work, my first job in the NBA was with the 76ers. And I was a statistics intern. And there's a difference when you're working for a losing team that just is a perennial loser. And this is like a, this is the summer I worked there. The summer they drafted Embiid, and it's just like I was talking to a bunch of the ticket guys who were trying to sell season tickets to fans, and it's just <laughs> they were even down in the dumps because it's really hard to sell tickets to a shitty product, and losing takes <coughs> losing takes its toll after a while and can really just drain you mentally. And if you don't know how to win, you don't know how to win. It's very hard to learn when you're not in a witty situation. It's one of the reasons I wanted to see, uh, since the Sixers had dropped a number of like 20-point leads this year, I wanted to see them trade J.J. Redick to the Warriors for Andre Iguodala and Nick Young just to see that happen, get that winning atmosphere to make sure that they don't drop another 20-point game. But winning is not an easy thing to learn how to do. It doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, you'll have rare occasions where you go from worst to first, like what happened in Boston, but you got to remember in Boston, Ray Ray, KG, and The Truth were all winners beforehand. But they put their egos aside and put the championship as a number one priority. Yeah, They de- knew what they wanted and they went out and got it. Definitely. And speaking of the Celtics and the Warriors, really, just an, two teams with actual health concerns going into the playoffs with Kyrie with that knee problem, Marcus Ooh. Smart being... Marcus Smart being out, you know, a lot of players on the Celtics being banged up, and the Warriors in their own right. I Steve Kerr put out a quote that we tweeted. It literally said, uh, "Right now, we're just trying to get five guys to suit up for the first round of the playoffs." He seemed extremely concerned. I know that it's the Warriors, it's the you know champions, and the team. You know, everyone expects them to 
just win this whole thing without any kind of competition. But with a healthy Houston Rockets and other teams like that, you know, the Warriors' health concerns, I think they're they're real right now. And Steve Kerr. Oh, yeah, they're real. Steve Kerr's, so, mean, yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts on both of those teams and their health I mean, concerns. last year when I was with the Warriors, we steamrolled through everybody. The only time I was nervous when I was working was literally game one versus the Spurs right before Kawhi went down in the third quarter when Zaza took him out. That was it. And then we steamrolled through everybody else. <laughs> I mean, there was there was no competition. It was ridiculous. But when you're going to the cha- when you're playing, what was it? This is their this would be their fourth straight season in the NBA Finals yeah. if they make it. Fatigue takes its toll after a while. They've been playing nonstop since 2014, and it bother time has finally caught up. The injury bugs finally caught them. But now it, I think it, it's good, at least for the Warriors' sake. Well, for the league's sake. Do you think they win a championship games? this year? Do you think they win a championship this year, plain and simple, with these injury concerns? Do you think they get caught sleeping this year just with the injury bug? All honesty, this is probably the best year where it's in any given Sunday, and it all depends on matchups. Like right now, Anthony Davis is playing like a freak. Yeah. He could take. He could honestly take down the Rockets without without much problem because of who they might not have a. They might not have much, but they have the Rockets' perennial weakness, which is a big man in the paint, who can just destroy everybody. I remember Game 1, 2015, NBA playoffs, first round, Pelicans versus the uh, Warriors. This is when the Warriors were hotter, the hotter than the Heatles. And they were. I think the Warriors were up 21 at the end of the third quarter. And Anthony Davis single-handedly brings that Pelicans team, which was an eighth seed, within two. Granted, the Warriors swept, but you could see how a guy like Davis can single-handedly bring a team down because he's the dominant bit. And when you've got a point guard like Rondo, who only plays when he's in the spotlight, and the playoffs are his spotlight. Look what he did last year with the Bulls and took, taking a 2-0 lead going back to Chicago before going down. He's a guy who loves to play in the playoffs, and that, and that can only help him once he gets there with the Pelicans. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I I really like what you said about Anthony Davis creating a problem for the Rockets. I really haven't even thought about that, just because Anthony Davis, with DeMarcus Cousins, a healthy DeMarcus Cousins playing there, that's a team that is a matchup problem for anyone and everyone, and that could be... That is, it's a pr- matchup that, problem for everyone. But right now, just with just with Anthony Davis, is that enough to just, you know, with the Rockets and how they can just shoot the ball lights out and outscore anyone at any time, is a guy like Anthony Davis, regardless of the matchup problem, is he enough to take down that kind of team? I would say so, because you got to remember, this isn't just Anthony Davis. This is Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo. And company. Like Rondo, yeah. Rondo a lot of people have been yeah. sleeping. Hey, on Drew, Drew Holiday's been playing amazing this year as well, too. Drew Holiday and Rondo together as a one-two punch—they found a way to coexist, and that was something I actually wasn't really sure about when they went out and signed Rondo. And Rondo's a good culture guy for them too, because you can tell that him, Demarcus Cousins, uh, and AD are best friends. They have they're pictures all, leaked on Twitter guys. every yeah. That's so. It's, I really actually really like that team. We have a lot of listeners out in New Orleans, actually. It's a place that we are weirdly seated in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. And But, yeah, definitely a team to look out for. Wanted to... Uh, really, really quickly, though, while we're on the Pelicans, I want to ask you, Max, this is something that I've been adamant, adamant about with DeMarcus Cousins and his Achilles injury. Anytime any player has an Achilles injury, I am terrified for what's going to happen with them going forward. I think that's the worst injury to have in sports. Do you think DeMarcus Cousins, you got to remember, he's not an athlete who is known for being in the best shape anyways, and you need to be in terrific shape to come back from Achilles injuries. He'll do be you, fine. 
be honest I mean, with you. Would you so, give him? Would you give him a max contract though? Oh yeah, without question. Really? So you're in the I, same boat as me. Him, like, um, I would give him something more along the lines of just for like protect, like insurance protections, just in case he goes down with a bad injury, you can like recollect the money. I know um, the Knicks tried to do this with Amari Stoudemire. Like, should an injury take place where he has to retire or he's out for a long period of time, they can recoup the money. But like, he'll be fine. In all honesty, like he's a. You gotta remember, it is uh, how many? How long was he with the Kings? What was it? Uh, like seven years with the Kings. Years, yeah. Like he was. It was a completely bad culture. Like I've been around. I was up in Sacramento a couple times with the Warriors because it's it's like what it was an hour and a half drive, and I always got tickets. Got to see like how things operate up there. They're <coughs> they're crazy up there. Like like they don't know what they're doing. They're taking steps in the right direction, but they have no idea what they're doing. Like um. They, like they finally got guys in there, but beforehand they had no idea. It was like Jeff Petrie doing different stuff, and then he's uh, Peter Delsandro. I think that's his name, or Diaz. I don't remember. But he was the old GM. They had like a shuffle, shuffling through of a bunch of different guys in the front office. They just and ran. Then they were going to move to Seattle, and then they didn't move to Seattle, and then they stayed here. And it's just it's with all that chaos, it's hard to sort of like take things seriously. They weren't really. They were making more efforts to sell tickets than actually to win games. And now he's in a place where they take winning seriously, and they're trying to build a winning culture. Like one of the, the associate head coach over at um, Falcons, guy by the name of Darren Ehrman, is actually a friend of mine who tries to help me get positions within the NBA. And he's always telling me, it's like you've got to play defense and create a culture where where people want to be, and a, a winning culture of like what was it? Um, where people want to be and where people want to stay and thrive. And that's what the, they've really created in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. You know, funny little fact is um, one of our, I guess I want to say, uh, alma mater, me and Perry is alma mater uh, or alumni or something. Like one of our guys who played for ASU is actually a coach over there. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, what is the name? I can't remember. But he was at a, he played for, under Sendek a couple years back. It's crazy. Yeah. So let's uh, but let's. I want to hear your thoughts really quick. <clears throat> Who do you think wins the championship this year? I know we just brought up health concerns. We brought up everything. The Rockets look crazy Honestly, good. No, this is the first time where I really don't know. Because the thing is, the Raptors are playing so well and oh, no, everything no, like that. And like, there's so yeah. many other teams that like just have a chance this year. When in previous years, it was. Is anyone even close to the Warriors? No, I didn't think so. Sounds good. We'll see you next year. But now it's not even the There's, skill. It's do the Warriors, can Quinn Cook lead them to a championship? No, he cannot. And that's really it. Really quickly, there's no it's way not, the Raptors win the championship, right, Max? The, do you, no, you, no, yeah. That's not happening. I, the, so I'm going to say the Rockets win the championship this year. Tell me if I'm crazy or not, guys. You're, yep, you're crazy. Cool. They don't play defense. Defense we'll, wins championships. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk in a couple months. But that's uh, if the injuries stay how they're staying right now, they're gonna steamroll through these playoffs. Well, I, w- uh, I you wouldn't. Wanna, you want to low key pay attention to somebody? The Timberwolves are who you got to be afraid of, and the Pelicans are who you got to be afraid of. So mm-hmm. many. It's like uh, Pelicans so many are people cool have been focusing on the three ball. They've pretty much marginalized the center position when the center position is. Is their weakness? I just a guy who can just attack the basket over and over and over again, and there's nothing you can do. I mean, look, look what happened. What was it last night or two nights ago? Anthony Davis, <laughs> Anthony Davis drops 56 on the Hawks. 56. Yeah. I mean, 
They're a team to be reckoned with, and so are the Pelicans. Any team with a vi- legitimate big man is a team to be reckoned with right now. Yeah, no, the big man, and the fact that they're both able to make the three-point shot, exactly. and they're both able to run the entire floor, it's such a matchup problem for anybody in the league, and such a blessing for whatever team that they're on. But let's uh, let's just move on to the next category. I just want to hear your thoughts on MVP. And we were just talking about Anthony Davis. We were just talking about Harden's Rockets. Pretty much, it's a race between LeBron, Harden, uh, Anthony Davis, and Giannis right now. But of course, you can't forget Westbrook or Durant, who are always uh, I having think, amazing. I think Durant, years. Westbrook, they're just sort of names on right. the list. They're they there are. Because you you, you kind of have to put them on there, though. They're yeah, the, you, I, you have to. I was looking at their numbers too, and they definitely have the numbers to be in this discussion. But the type of year that AD. Type of year that Giannis is having, type of year that Harden's having, the type of year LeBron's having. I don't know how you sleep at night if you're voting for NBA as one of the voters because as of right now, this decision would drive me absolutely crazy. It would, I'm so torn myself as a fan. want to hear both yours. I'm going to start with Corbin and hear kind of you can either go with each guy in their case or really who has the clear lead, and that's really it. But who do you think wins MVP this year, Corbin? Yeah, so right now I think I agree with you, Max, that – Westbrook and Durant, it's two players that just because of the players that they are and the name recognition, they're in that conversation, but they're pretty far behind who I think is at the top, which is James Harden, LeBron James, and I'd say Anthony Davis. I don't think Giannis is even in that category just because so. just because what are the Bucks? They're in the eight seed right now, and I'm not giving the MVP to someone yeah. who's they, in they the eight seed. You actually have to win to be a most right. valuable player. Right. So to me, I'm going to right now I'm going with Harden over LeBron and Davis. And I mean you can make cases for either one of them. It is really close. I'm going with Harden because the Rockets have pretty much with the Warriors injuries locked up the one seed in the West. If you were to tell me before the season started that anyone besides the Warriors was going to be the one seed in the West, I would have said you're absolutely crazy. crazy. Harden's been having an unbelievable year. LeBron James has been having a phenomenal year, too. I think he has career highs in rebounds and assists and maybe scoring. He's definitely Averaged a triple-double in the month of February. I think he's been been putting up more triple-doubles now. It's just his team around him, he makes them better, but they have so many different flaws. And then Davis, I mean, he's kind of... The he's coming at the speed of a bullet just after everyone because since DeMarcus Cousins went down, he's been putting up these phenomenal numbers. But it's what you do over the course of the entire year, the, not just in the, entire, the second half of the, the season. The entire month so, of February, Anthony Davis had, what was it, like 8 or 10 40-point games Right, but that's alone. what I'm that's saying crazy. is that it's over the course of the whole yeah. season, not just and it's one great, month. And, and with Giannis, he's averaging 27.2 points per game and 10 rebounds and 4.8 assists. And that's not even talking defensive stats right now. Giannis is putting up... Any other year, I feel like this is it's him or someone else, well, and that's not, so. Not crazy. when your team. I'm in talking the about the. I'm, that's what I was literally going to say. The Bucks are just wasting <laughs> such a great year for Giannis because one, their coaching situation is a joke, and their supporting staff around Giannis, they're really their time is ticking because they have such a good formula there, and all they have to do is add layers on top of this once-in-a-lifetime player, it seems like, and having guys like Jabari Parker and even, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, who is the former, uh, you know, Rookie of the Year, having such a... It seems like they got the pieces. They're just not able to figure it out past... And I don't think they've found out how to use their Giannis factor fully yet. So we'll see next year, but... Let's hear, Max, what's your opinion, though? Who's MVP? In all honesty, it's really it's really a two man race. LeBron, LeBron's LeBron, but it's like you've come to in year fifteen, 
you know what to expect from him. It's like, yeah, he's going to put up these numbers. Yeah, he's going to win. But it's just like, this is the East we're talking about. Now, you look at Anthony Davis. Beginning of the season, him and Boogie were putting up 40 a game, 40 each on the Warriors, which is great. And then they, they each put up 40 different games and stuff like that. But then, once Boogie goes down, he just takes it up to another level. Yep. And he's been playing like a, a goddamn freak ever since Boogie went down. Now, the case for Harden is, the fact is, he's, they're the number one seed. They did the impossible and unseated the Warriors as the perennial number one seed. They're going to go into the playoffs as the number one seed. He's playing he's playing out of his mind. He was a runner-up last year, and he's, he's really earned it. That's what year. I was going to say. He got snubbed last year, and uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. The voters aren't going to snub him again. I'm not saying yeah, that Westbrook didn't deserve I'm not saying Westbrook didn't deserve that MVP last year. I thought he deserved because, it. I, know, I, thought, I thought he deserved it, too. If yeah, I had, he did if, deserve If it. I had a vote, it would have been for Westbrook. I would have had a hard time picking well, how, that. How are you saying that Harden got snubbed last year? i Literally, uh, okay, pre-personally, I like Westbrook. It was a clear thing around the entire NBA landscape that it was one of the two, and whoever wasn't winning it got snubbed. Someone had to get snubbed. Like, there isn't no second place, Corbin. Like, someone had to have gotten snubbed. And half the league wanted James Harden. It was clearly just for a few factors about his team, and it was the fact that the win shares that... Russell Westbrook had, and the fact that it was a triple-double, you have to give it to a guy who averaged a triple-double. He's the first person that anyone thought of since Oscar Robinson. So it was the, the case last year of how do you not give it to this kind of guy? Now, how do you screw a guy two years in a row? You don't. That's the thing. So, yes, last year it was a debate. That's why possibly a snub, possibly not, depending on who you're talking about. Someone had to have got snubbed last year. It was such a toss-up for me. But James Harden is not getting screwed again. And the thing is, he's put his team to a point where they are in a 100% debate if they're going to win the championship this year. They have the team led by the furious James Harden from last year. They went down in a bad fashion. He got snubbed. He wasn't happy about it. They went and got Chris Paul. Did them two together, have they even lost three games with them two on the same court? I don't think so. I know when it's Harden, Chris Paul, and Capella, I think they're like, However many maybe, wins maybe and one loss. Like one loss, yes. One some crazy stat. I was I was seeing that the other day. So it's really nuts to see. Of course, with injuries, you were worried if Chris Paul and him were going to be able to be healthy for the playoffs. It looks like they're going to be barring injury. We're going to knock on wood for all Houston fans. But honestly, all NBA fans. for all NBA fans, but I honestly think they're going to win this year's championship. And that's only because of the injury play going on right now with the Celtics, who I already... Um, said the Celtics weren't going to even win the East on our previous podcast with Corbin and I. I was saying that the Raptors would at least beat them 100% this year and would get to that point. But that's what I was saying before the injuries. I know Corbin had other thoughts. I'm sure Max does too. But that's not even a debate anymore. If Kyrie's not going to be playing, you got Marcus Smart down and so many other players that have gone down here. They're not going to be able to suit up five for the playoffs, it seems like. And they, who knows about the Warriors right now? And Quinn Cook's not going to win you a championship, regardless of how yeah, he's been playing so in the reserve time. MVP so. discussion, though. Right. I mean, uh, sorry, we got sidetracked. But yeah, no, but seriously, with James Harden, he's going to win this championship because of him. And this team around him is great, but he's single handedly going to win this championship. Chris Paul there is solidifying it, but I'm just such a fan of James Harden. He went to ASU. Love his game. How do you snub him again? You don't snub him two years in a row, plain and simple. You guys sure. agree? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we said, I think we're in agreement that it's very close, but 
I think we are all saying we'll give it to Harden. Yeah. Let's move on to... It's Harden. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's Harden. Yeah. Let's move on to... The Sam Presti is going to go down as an idiot for giving Harden away in exchange for, uh, <laughs> for Jeremy Lamb. Adams, and, uh, yeah. Well, he got a starter out of it, so and Stephen Adams, so I guess still it's that. not... Starter true. out of it for an MVP. You still got James. James Harden will forever haunt them. But yeah, we'll move yeah, on he to... He would have uh, never been the player he is now if he stayed with Oklahoma City. That's a fact. I mean, imagine if the three of them played on the same team, you know, for for longer. Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't put up the same numbers. But what you don't think that he would have developed the same way? Just because he just because he wouldn't have been the number one option. He wouldn't have had the same volume. He would have have still been number three. Right. That's the thing. I totally agree. Once you become the star, you kind of yeah yeah you have to fill out. Let's move on to the last topic for today's podcast. So the Hall of Fame class for 2018 was announced earlier today, and. That Hall of Fame class includes Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and Rob Thorne, who's a longtime NBA executive. He's going in as an influencer of the game. He was already in there. No, apparently oh, not. Yeah, he wasn't, but... Rob was a good friend of my grandfather's. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah, no, he uh, was going as an influencer of the... Oh, sorry. And so, yeah, going as an influencer, I think that's really cool, actually. I didn't really... Yeah, well, he was he was responsible. He played a large part. I think he was the GM of the Bulls when they... Selected Michael Jordan no, in the draft. No, that was I believe that was either that might have been Jerry Krause. I was Krause GM by then. I know Thorne used to be GM of the Bulls. I don't know if he was yeah, out he by then. I know I know that Thorne played a big Sixers part. A yeah, he was. That was back. I mean, that was more recently, but he played. I know he played a big part in Jordan being selected by the Bulls at number three. Um, but yeah, I mean. Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, and Steve Nash, I don't think any of us could There's say no anything debate. about a case to be made for them not making the Hall of Fame. There's no debate. Yeah, the three of those players definitely deserve it. Three major players of our Nash, lifetime that we were able to watch. Nash and uh, Grant Hill. Nash yeah, definitely deserve it. I mean, Hill, you can say what you want, but it's the, the, whole, the standards for the Hall of Fame have gone down ever since they let Yao Ming in, so I, mean, I really can't say <laughs> anything on that. My grandfather, when he got elected... You have to ask to be um, considered, and my grandfather was supposed to be inducted in 1967, didn't get inducted until 1976, because Eddie Gottlieb, who helped start the NBA, just begged him, just do it before I die, and he's like, all right, fine. He just signed this letter that Eddie had pre-written for him and went in, and he got elected, but you have to be asked to be considered, and it's like, yeah, he played a lot of years, but he had like five good years, and I want to say 15 or 14 mediocre years. You don't get in for longevity. You get in for being a star. Yeah, I like that. But you have to, like, I'll give it to him. I mean, he was a great player, and injuries ruined his career. But it's just the standards have gone way down. You look at what the MLB does for their Hall of Fame and how high their standards are and how high the NFL standards are. It's just like you got you can't just let a guy who was injured the majority of his career and when he wasn't when he wasn't injured later on was basically a role player. You can't let him in. Are we gonna? I mean, are we going to let in, like, guys... Are we going to let Lamar Odom in next? <laughs> he played a long time. He won six man of the year. Yeah. No, I mean, I, are we going to let him in? I heard you saying. I really like what you said about, um, the, you know, Hall of Fame isn't, you know, about your longevity. It's about superstars and, you know, people that have been Hall of Fame careers. And I agree. I really like Steve Nash and Jason Kidd. Grant Hill, I just... I, I like how you brought up that you'll give it to him, but injuries did ruin his career. Imagine if he didn't get injured. I think he could have... Yeah, I think we, we can... Uh, what's this other dude? Um, are we going to let Penny Hardaway in next? 
Like honestly, I think that's that, a, if you're gonna land in Grand Hill, you gotta land in Penny Hardaway. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really this good. This isn't the Hall of Fame. This isn't the Hall of what could have been. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And let's uh, so let's talk. About, I just want to bring up one more thing just at the end that we haven't. Uh, last night, uh, Kemba Walker became the Hornets' all-time leading scorer. Just wanted to briefly mention that. I know he broke down in tears after the game during his interview, and uh, Michael Jordan looks at him as you know someone that he mentors and someone that he's very proud of. I saw an interview for from him as well this morning. So wanted to let's, shout let's out. Talk about, let's talk about this for a second since we're on the Hall of Fame and how the standards have gone down. Max, I'll start with you. Do you think that Kemba Walker has any case to make the Hall of Fame? Well, his career's not over yet, yeah. so right. I can't really comment on that. It's as of right now, yeah, I'd say he's he's the closest Hall of Famer, but he's got he needs to get more playoff experience. I mean, let's yeah. look at Larry Johnson. He, he, he literally put out a quote saying, like, I'm sick of tired season, not making the playoffs. He never really did much in the postseason because he got hurt. So we'll see what happens with Kemba. Kemba literally... Either Jordan has to bring in somebody or he has to change teams before things right. can really happen. I think Kemba's going to leave. That's my personal opinion. Not right this second or anything like that, but at some he's point... Got, he's got one year on yeah, contract after this year. I saw a quote from him that literally yesterday it said, I'm sick and tired of not making the playoffs. That was just quote-unquote. Yeah, I saw that, that too. That wasn't like anything... Jordan. I don't think that was anything about his, you know, the owner, the team personally. I think it was just personal frustration. Just he's putting in year in, year out, and because, he's just sick and tired of, of it. So. Because of what the owner, he he's a winner. Look what he did with UConn in his final year. Right. Yeah. He took. I was at. The, I was at one of their games. He carried that team five games in five days to win the Big East, and then won the entire tournament. He carried that team, and it was amazing. It was one of the most amazing things I'd seen until I saw Steph Curry go off in fourteen fifty. <laughs> yeah. No. Kemba's definitely a star. I'd be really excited to see if they can actually put a team around him and see what they can do. Let me put it this way: I think he has a better chance at the Hall of Fame than Kyrie Irving does. Mm. Wow how 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 do you come to that thinking? The only reason I'm going to say no is that championship for Irving. Well, yeah, yeah that is true. I'll give him that, that. But yeah. it's just like Kyrie. I mean, do you ever hear the curse of the Blue Devil? Mm-mm. Bad no, things happen to Duke players. Sense. Remember what happened for Game One of the 15 Finals? Yeah. Blows out his knee. Look what's happening now. Once the knee goes, everything else follows. But he's still, I mean, Kyrie's three days younger than me. He's 26. Who knows? Those knees could really, really deteriorate in the next two years. They're like, already not, they're already not looking too good for him right now. Like, who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, he he finally has his own team, but he knew he knew the knees were going to catch up with him eventually. Right. I know he threatened to have season-ending knee surgery if the Cavs didn't trade him. It's funny enough to see after he did get traded, he actually has to get surgery towards the end of the year anyways, so it would seem like it was an inevitable thing for him. Yeah, it was, it was inevitable, but it's just like, what? how is he going to come back? I mean, that's the real question. Once the knees go, everything else follows. That's. I mean, people. my grandfather's been telling me that. I've heard that from a di- bunch of different guys around the league. Once the knees go, everything else follows. So how, how you feel about... Johnson, his knees went, and he was a great promising star. 
boom, straight downhill from How you feel about knees is how Corbin feels about Achilles injuries. I know you how you reacted to DeMarcus Cousin, what he was asking you, is similar to how I do. Yeah, you know, he'll be fine. It's the resurgence. Like, he's going to be okay. I, he's a tough guy he's kind not, of thing. But Cor- Corbin, uh, that wasn't what I was at. Corbin pretty much is saying, you know, it's and you can't come back from Achilles injury. You can never be the same player. You're saying that same thing about the knee. Why is the knee so, you know... So deadly. I feel like I see more players coming back from knee injuries than Achilles. Because you're more likely to re-injure your knee than you are your Achilles. Right. I mean, when they do uh, ACL grafts, they, you're 25% more likely to re-injure it if you do a graft versus a bare, bare ACL repair. And not a, I think I don't think anybody does bare ACL repair in the NBA right now. They only do it overseas. Hmm. Why is that? Uh, I don't. I don't think Bear is fully tested with it. I mean, you guys know what Bear is, right? I don't actually. Uh, Bear is bridge enhanced ACL repair. Like normally, what they do for ACL repair is they take a ligament from your arm and and put it in your knee and re- use it as a replacement for the uh, ACL. And it's twenty five percent more likely to get re injured or re tear uh, versus the or versus regrowing the ACL. But since the ACL has very minimal like, uh, I guess, healing factors, it's next to impossible for it to heal on its own with sutures. However, they've come up with this new, um, this new, I guess, inf- I guess, new technique, which is bare, where you, you suture the ACL to this sponge-like thing, and you take blood, blood from your arm, you spin it, and then insert it into that sponge. And it, it promotes healing within the ACL, and it eventually regrows the ACL. You take out the sutures, and boom, brand new ACL, and it's not 25% more likely to get re-injured. Hmm. They do, I believe wow. they do something similar with the, the uh, Achilles tears, since it's more more likely to get uh, he, more likely to heal than the uh, ACL, but it's the knees are the knees, man. The yeah, knees I mean, regardless, it's going to be, you know, he's going to have to come back, but I think Kyrie definitely has more of a chance to make the Hall of Fame just because of that championship like that I we think were saying you originally. Could, you could make an argument for Kyrie right now if his career ended today. There's still definitely a debate that the he's accolades. a Hall of Famer right yeah. now. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I, could, yeah I could see that. Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, it's I, just longevity. I mean, the standards have gone down. So, like you said, it's not about longevity, right? <laughs> you said it was about the career. Yeah, Yao Ming didn't even play 10 years in the league, and he got it. And now that the standards are so low, don't be surprised if you see Stefan Marbury in the Hall of Fame the next couple of years. Uh, definitely in the Chinese Hall of Fame, I'll tell you that. He's a no, super he'll be in the star. NBA Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't, I don't I think, I think he's a god officially there fame, now. Not the NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where they get you. And for every for everything that he's done for the uh, for for basketball in China, yeah. he should be in the Hall of Fame for he's, the like the influence that he's put in and how big basketball is in China. He did that all on his own. Yeah, he's a god. He's a championship. That was a good all boy, him. Actually. He was a he was a trailblazer. They have statues of him there. I I saw. Oh, in Beijing, pic- I want to see that. I saw pictures of this male stamps with his face on it, and also he's exactly. literally a superstar. They in have China. a movie where he stars in. <laughs> I'm sure it's we hilarious. have we have movies with Shaq in it. I'm sure they got Stefan Marbury. But hey, yeah, Blue Chip was a good movie. <laughs> what about uh, the one with the genie? I think oh, it was Shazam. Was Shazam. That wasn't that bad. I think it was so bad that it was good. So bad it's good. It's like. It's basically, you know what that is? It's an extended general commercial. That's what it is. <laughs> That's shocking a general commercial. But yeah, so yeah, I, just, <laughs> I wanted to thank you so much, Max, for joining us today on this podcast no, episode. 
Yeah, it was such a pleasure to have you. Just wanted to wrap it up. Anything from you, Corbin? No, this was just a really fun podcast. So, Max, thank you again for joining us. I really, really liked discussing all these basketball topics with you, and I hope that you come back and join our show again and talk some more. Yeah, all right, no worries, no worries. Uh, it was great being on it, fellas, all right? Yeah, guys. Yeah, so for all you guys, please, you know, you can listen to us on the iTunes Apple Podcast app. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud at NBA Unwrapped. Please, if you're on uh, the Apple Podcast app, please give us a rate, five-star, give us a review, whatever you guys can. We really appreciate your guys' input. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Corbin at CorbinMRPK. Follow Max at Party Max Parties with an I. So, yeah, just thank you guys so much again. Corbin, any last words before we get out of here today? Thank you guys so much for listening to NBA Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA. I hope you guys tune in again next time.